When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We didn't play hard enough. Those five words came from Mike Sullivan a couple nights ago in St. Louis. And as often as NHL head coaches say stuff like that, this one, this one, this might be different. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into Football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Blues 4, Penguins 2 on Saturday night at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. And other than Evgeny Malkin being sprung for a shorthanded, clean 100-foot breakaway on Jordan Bennington in the waning seconds, which he finished nicely, there's there's just not a a, a trace of of competitiveness with this team that you can sense. And I, I guess I could take that back to an extent and point out that the third line of Lars Eller, Drew O'Connor, and newly promoted Radim Zahorna had a really nice game. They were all over the Blues, and Zahorna and the whole line really earned the goal that they scored late to make it 4-2 it was with 3.33 left, so it wasn't you know some big factor in the outcome or whatever, but that was the first goal that was scored by the bottom six. But even more important than that, it was the first sign of, man, it's the first sign of somebody, anybody, doing something to keep the puck in the offensive zone, which is something else that Sullivan would bring up afterward, and he's completely right. This one-and-done thing that I've been talking to you guys about uh, probably often enough to have you start tuning me out as well. <laughs> the way that players might be tuning out Sullivan on this subject. It's a really big deal because they're getting into the attacking zone. They're going between the blue lines with the right rate of speed and not necessarily turning the puck over in that area. But once they get across the blue line, they're a train wreck. They need in the worst way to simplify things. They need to do what Eller, and I did tell you guys this late last week, that Eller was going to be the one who straightened out the third line, and he did. Really, really smart guy. They became organized. All three of them. They talked about what they were going to do. Not having Jansen Harkins there, as I also told you guys, was going to be a plus. Headless chicken guy. But they not only got into the St. Louis end, but they made things happen. And then once they did start grinding and bumping and 
and, and crashing a little bit along the boards and supporting each other, they were then able to take the play in tighter, get to the net. My goodness, O'Connor should have had three goals all by himself. So Horna could have had a couple others. Eller had some good chances, and they were all in tight. None of this, none of this, none of this is happening on the other three lines. And you'd better believe I'm including the two big ones. It's not happening, not on any kind of sustained basis. That's not okay. Because that, more than anything, goes to effort. That goes to passion. That goes to believing in each other. And that's a really dangerous territory for a head coach to be straying into. Okay, I'm not trying to stir something up here, but this is how bad things happen to coaches, including good coaches like this one. There's got to be a buy-in. There's got to be a a, a complete commitment to all-out offense. I know this team's got talent. I know this team's got, in theory anyway, a power play that should be doing consistent damage. But none of that's going to matter. If they don't have this, this jam, that's a term Sullivan uses. Instead, they look like jelly. They need jam. They need to go to the front of the net. Heck, as long as I'm at it, how about back in your own zone? How about clearing people from the front? Look at the goals that have been scored against the Penguins to date. And I understand it's just five games. You can call this an overreaction. You can call this, you know, theatrics or whatever, but It's five games that can set the tone for your next five and then for the way you play throughout the early part of the season. How many points did the Penguins miss the playoffs by again last year? Oh, right, right. Just the one. You can't be doing this. There's there's not an excuse for it. There's not a defense for it. There is. Not fighting for goals at one end, at the net front, and they're not fighting to prevent goals at the other end, at the net front. The defensive net front's a much, much bigger factor when it comes to net front, comparing the two. But it's at both ends. And I don't have the answer to it. I, I, I'm i going to be honest with you. There's a couple of players that have either confounded me or disappointed me. And I'm not sure which it is because I can't say that I'm that familiar with their general game to say that they'd be disappointing me. But when I look at the effect that Nola Chari, for example, was supposed to bring to this roster, he was supposed to be the physical guy. Even back when he was signed in the summertime and he was, Doing a conference call with us reporters, one of the things that came up was Brandon Tanev. This, this dude's not Brandon Tanev. I don't even notice him half the time. What about Matt Nieto? Uh, I had people, and I shared this with you, I had people inside the organization, people who knew him and knew his game really well, who said, just wait till you see what this guy can bring. Well, <laughs> just waiting, still waiting, as are we all. I don't know where this is going to come from. This, this jam, you, you, can, you can look at the Penguins' goals that they've scored so far, and the only ones that have been scored in tight, and this just stands to reason since almost 
all of the goals have been scored by these guys anyway have been by Sid and Gino. They've been the ones that have been pounding through there. You haven't seen other players. I mean, Ricard Raquel to an extent. But you've got to have more than this. You can't just go to play hockey and do so by rolling out some canvas waiting for a masterwork to create itself. You got to make stuff happen. You got to make it happen ugly. And you better get about doing that real soon. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Chase, who asks, are these guys not paid professionals? Have they not played hockey for the greater part of their lives? Why do they have to do any crawling before they walk? Don't they know how to play the game already? Haven't they been practicing with their line mates? As I see it, the problem comes down to one of three causes. One, the players aren't good enough. Two, coaches aren't good enough. Three, both aren't good enough. DK, which is your choice? Well, Chase, you kind of cornered me there as far as my choices. Uh, I would not take any of your three. Clearly, dude, the talent is there, okay? You can't have a roster that's so top-heavy the way Pittsburgh's is and say that they don't have talent, that they aren't good enough. There are some living legends taking the ice. And yes, I know they're older, but they're living legends who've got a lot of game left. Coaching might not be good enough because the coaching isn't getting the desired, here it comes again, effort level. It isn't getting the desired commitment. It isn't getting the desired adherment to the system. And that's that's something that it, All of those things can be related, believe it or not. Anyone who's spent any amount of time in hockey, whether it's, you know, playing, coaching, refing, whatever it is, will know what I'm talking about. If you believe in the system, you're committed to it because you feel like the extra effort that you're about to expend, even if this is subconscious, is going to be worthwhile. If you're going to skate from one end of the rink to the other as if your life depends on it, there's a part of you believing that there's going to be something good that comes of it. If not for you, then for a line mate or for somebody behind you. And if that's not there, that's when you see some of the bad body language. If you took a closer look at any of the St. Louis goals the other night, there were some very, very good, very, very established players who had some very, very bad body language before the Blues would score. And that, to me, is a sign of we're just not operating with a whole heck of a lot of faith out here. That kind of sign. That's what I'm seeing right now more than anything else because we've also seen, like, the third period in Detroit. We saw pieces and parts of it in St. Louis We've seen pieces and parts of it through the first couple of games as well, notably in Washington. But that's not going to get you anywhere. There's got to be something that glues all of this. And this is the challenge that I believe Sullivan, more than anybody else, faces. 
because we're now in what year of his tenure? Seven, something like that. He, he came aboard in mid-2016, so you do the math. And everyone knows what his system is. Everyone knows the system has won, but everyone also knows that the system hasn't succeeded in a while. And you can blame that on the players to an extent. You can blame that on the composition of the roster to an extent. But when you spend the summer working with your brand new GM to get exactly the kind of players that you want for exactly the kind of roles that you want, at some point, probably fairly soon, these players have to start looking like they were the right choices. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Going to do another one of these tomorrow. 